Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. You're listening to the best of the Indo Daily, your chance to catch up on some of the most popular episodes of 2022. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. My name is Aveen. I'm 29. I live in Dublin. Got my first job out of my master's and it was going really well. And then, yeah, I got a message pop up on my phone. A friend of mine and she said is that you I'm talking to on tinder and I was like what are you talking about it freaked me out I woke up on a Sunday morning and I opened up a voice message from a girl on Instagram and it was not a very happy person on the other end of that message I knew at that point it couldn't have been a joke they sounded like so serious and she kept saying my name Avine, Avine. And it was really just that point that I was like, oh, this is really real. Why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? And why am I the person that you are using to do this? So for the guts of a year, this person has been posing as you. Yeah, that I know of. I just got off the phone with the guards, called them earlier on to make a complaint about me. And I... That I was wrongly accusing her. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. Aveen, yesterday you walked us through this harrowing year that you had where an individual had been constantly stealing not only your online photographs, but also your identity to the point where you had to go to the Gardaí. But you weren't prepared to back down and you took the matter into your own hands. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So one of the times that I my profile popped up, it popped up on Hinge and this girl that I know screenshotted it and sent it to me immediately. And I said, oh, would you, you know, like, would you get her number? Would you get this person's number? And then it'll take us closer because I, I thought to myself I could, you know, give that number to the guards and then the guards would be able to trace it. Yeah. No such thing has ever happened, by the way. And so she was like, okay, I'll try and get her number. She wasn't giving out her number and I didn't really want to involve my friend any further or bring her down a further rabbit hole. So I said, you know what? Give her my number. What do I have to lose? Just let her text me. So I took down my own profile picture off my WhatsApp. I changed my name to a simple letter C. 
And I put up a dog picture on my WhatsApp because I was like, I'll be damned if I'm using somebody else's photos to catfish the catfish. <laughs> and so, yeah, I text my own catfish. Or I text the person who was stealing my identity. I catfished the catfish. I guess. So she was texting you from your own, her picture was was your was picture. Was me, yeah. It was me in my yellow raincoat at the age of 24. And oh yeah, it was bizarre. And she text, she was texting me, I'd say we text for about five hours. And during those five hours, she was saying a lot of weird, very explicit sexual things to me and trying to get me to say sexual things back to her, which, you know, isn't probably the worst thing that she could have said, but it was still really off-putting and made me really uncomfortable and made me really uncomfortable that she might be talking to loads of other people mm. like that. Um, and it was kind of, it was a lot of jargon that I wasn't really familiar with either. So yeah, it, it really shocked me. And also she was sending me photos of myself and pretending that they were selfies. Oh my God. Yeah, it was horrible. Photos of me, you know, like that had been up on my Facebook since I was like maybe 21 or 22. And she was sending them to me as her, um, as her own. And I was asking her questions about me. I was saying, you know, just to find out just what she knew. She knew what my job was. She knew where I was from originally. She knew where I lived. At several points throughout my investigation, the number popped up as being active and I'd try and get that person to engage with me so I could find out more about whoever was on the other end of the line. And that person gave out the general coordinates of my home oh my in Dublin. So they said, I live between this street and this street. I live on the street between that street and that street, which is the exact street that I live on. And that just blew my mind that that person could know where I live. They must have seen me real in real life, in person. They must have followed me somewhere or seen me across the street. And again, Dublin is tiny. So what's to say that she doesn't see me or they don't see me on a regular basis? So I just don't know what's going to happen when I leave the house if I'm going to see them and if I'll know who they are and if they'll approach me or if that's not their game, you know, like what else are they doing? Are they just watching me? Because that's also not cool. And how far is this person willing to go? Now, I don't have any enemies. I can say this to you right now. I don't have any enemies. And I don't think most people in this world have enemies. Yeah. So to say that to somebody, to plant that in someone's mind is just the wrong kind of narrative to be placing upon someone. You've talked us through there all of this effort that you went to to try to investigate this yourself, to try to track the, down this person yourself and to make this stop all on your own. Did you ever try to go to the apps and see if they would help you like Tinder or anything? I reported it to Tinder and I think Hinge as well. And I was it was met with a very kind of automated, I think, response. Mm. And in the group of girls that I chat to about it quite often, we had sort of come up with loads of information about that. And it seems clear that if you report a profile on Tinder or whatever, it stays kind of in their system for six months. But if you okay. don't report it, it only stays there for three months, something to that effect. 
And so we were like, okay, now we'll, we'll start reporting them or whatever. Um, but it kind of wasn't really getting us anywhere um, doing that. And so we were like trying to figure out distances when that when the profile would pop up, we'd figure out where that person might be. Like what distance from you is she? What distance from you is she? Where are you right now? Because Tinder profiles have uh, like how many miles or kilometres yeah. away someone is from you. But isn't that a bit weird as well? That like, you're trying to triangulate where yeah. this person is? But also in a way, like, I mean, it, thankfully that was something that we could do in order to figure out, you know, a general area that this person was in. We got in touch with Tinder to see if anyone would be able to help us. We just got a response saying that, as we would expect, Tinder is bound by privacy laws and cannot release any user records without the issuance of a valid subpoena, search warrant or court order. We have a dedicated law enforcement portal where police can request information from us for their investigations. But um, I think your understanding is that that's basically useless because as far as we know, this catfish, this impersonator mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be breaking yeah. any laws. So the apps can do nothing for you either. Yeah, and I didn't know that this wasn't illegal for a really long time. So I ended up contacting a guard who was a friend of a friend of a friend. And that guard listened to the whole story. She was super lovely. She was really forthcoming. And she said, I'm so sorry, Avin, but this is not illegal. And I said, why had the guards never told me this before? After I had been contacting them for months about this. Why weren't they saying to me, there's nothing we can do? And part of me thinks that they were doing that for a number of reasons. Firstly, because they didn't know how to tackle the issue themselves, which is fair enough. If there's no legislation there, how are you meant to enforce it? Secondly, they thought it was a dispute between two people, like a personal dispute Mm -hmm. between two people, and they wanted us to resolve it ourselves, which is what I thought that the guard who hardballed me on the phone might have thought. And then the other reason is just that they were too lazy to deal with it or to call me back when I called them or to even email me back when I when I emailed them. Because if the guards can contact the dating apps, if they can trace people's numbers, then why didn't they do that for me? Like, why didn't they contact the apps for me? Like, they never did. I never heard, like, I haven't heard anything from the guards in months. Months. What you've basically discovered through your own investigation through this whole saga is that anybody out there, not even people who are on dating apps, but anybody who has any pictures up on social media can have this happen to them, can have someone steal their pictures, their identity, all of their personal information and impersonate them through multiple profiles on multiple different dating apps. And literally nobody can do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no legislation to protect you if that happens. But it took me a long time for somebody to be honest with me about that, which was, again, one of the most frustrating things about this whole thing. And I actually remember the day that I found out that it wasn't illegal was actually quite liberating in a day because I felt like I was losing my mind. I thought that these people were just ignoring me and that I was going mental. Like I would call the guards so often and be on the other end of the line crying. And they their responses would be either non-existent or insufficient. And I thought I was going crazy. And then for me to learn one day, you know, it's not illegal. I just, I remember I was eating my dinner and I just put down the phone and I just went back to eating my dinner and I actually breathed a sigh of relief. 
because I was saying to myself, okay, I'm not going crazy. But I do feel a little bit let down by not being told, you know, super early on. The particular guy that I was dealing with mightn't have known yeah, that it was yeah. illegal. But he did know at one point and he neglected to tell me. And that made me feel a little bit, I guess gaslit is the word, like that I was led to believe that these people were actually kind of taking in what I was saying. And not only that, like I spoke to multiple guards, told them my story, and I always felt like I was getting a different answer. Mm. You know, one guard I went in, I sat down with him in this interview room and I was, you know, bawling, crying. And I spoke to him and I said, you know, I told him the entire story from start to finish. Again, that that is actually such a hard part of the story is that I actually have to tell people from the very beginning to the very end. Oh, well, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it now. But <laughs> um, I told him the entire story and he was saying, don't worry, we'll get her. Don't worry, we'll find her. We'll like arrest her. So I had one guard, you know, not responding to me. Uh, another guard saying it's not illegal it's, I didn't even, you know, make a formal statement. I wasn't even allowed to make a formal statement. And then I have another guard telling me that I have an enemy out there and that it's not the person that I thought it was. And you know what? He could be right. It very well could not be that person that I thought it was. And that person who I contacted with that text message saying, you know, is this you? Who who neglected to respond to me, but, you know, called the guards. It it could be somebody completely different, but you don't like that's not the way that you should respond to somebody who's in trouble and who feels as though they're in they're in danger. And it's not the, the way that people I felt like were there to protect me should be treating me. While working on this story, I reached out to the person that Avian suspects of being the catfish. Here is how those emails played out. Hello, how are you? My name is Ellen Coyne and I'm a journalist at the Irish Independent. I'm very sorry to bother you. I'm working on a story with a person called Avine, who has had a problem with someone stealing her identity and posing as her on multiple dating apps since at least last October. I understand that Avine contacted you earlier this year and raised some concerns directly with you. I understand that you did not respond, but did make a complaint about Avine to the Gardaí. I am writing a piece and producing a podcast about Avine's experience of having her identity taken and used for catfishing. There is no easy way to broach this, but I understand that Avine has some concerns that you may have some involvement in the issues that she's been having with these profiles that keep appearing. I wanted to contact you to see if you would like to speak with me about this. On or off the record is fine. I want to stress that I'm very open to hearing anything that you might want to say. This is a story about the lack of protection from Gardaí and dating apps for those who experience catfishing. That's the spirit that this story is being written in, and nobody is setting out to shame or embarrass anyone. Please do let me know if you'd like to talk. Thank you. Ellen. Hi Ellen. I have absolutely zero to do with this and I'm shocked to get this email. There could be absolutely no evidence that links me to this, and I will be consulting legal advice on foot of this email and further advice from the Gardaí. Hearing from this person seriously disturbed me, given I've absolutely no involvement or knowledge of this woman. If anything is published about myself without any evidence, I will view this as completely wrong and will pursue it further. I'm very shocked and upset to be contacted regarding this. 
Thank you for getting back to me so fast. I appreciate it. I am sorry to bother you with this. I appreciate the email has been a shock and I'm sorry to hear it has upset you. I just had one other query, if it's okay. I've spoken to some members of a social club who said that they had met you through the club but said their friendships with you broke down following some poor online behaviour and suspected catfishing. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to respond to those comments as well, if you would like to. If not, it's no problem. Thanks again for your time. Anything that we do publish will only be done so after a thorough editing process, including ensuring that we have given everyone who needs one a right to respond to anything raised in the story. Thanks again for your time. Ellen. Ellen, I have never catfished anyone. I was a member of that club, but we never fell out over any catfishing. I actually can't believe this whole situation. It's a nightmare being accused in the wrong of something you have never done. I don't know who or why from that club has said this, but on my niece's lives and my family, I have never and would never catfish anyone. I will be contacting the Gardaí today again and legal advice. I'm very sorry for this woman that is going through this, but I have zero involvement and there can be and is no evidence that I have ever catfished anyone in my life. I have a career and a life and if my name is mentioned, I will be taking legal action. I have never and would never catfish anyone. I hope Avine finds the person responsible, but she has gotten wrong information from someone somewhere, Ellen. Thank you, I understand. Thanks again for getting back to me so fast. Ellen, I'm just genuinely shocked. I understand if someone is having their life turned upside down by this, why they're pursuing every avenue, but I'm not and have never been involved. I'd like this conversation kept off the record and I will be speaking to a solicitor later today and the Gardaí. I won't be in touch again. Where does this leave you now? I mean, these profiles are still active. I think another one popped up relatively recently. Mm. Um, I mean, where do you go from here? I have no idea. I think this, this was actually the... The only kind of glimmer of hope for me was that there might be some way of getting the word out there that there is a there's a serious gap here, because as time goes on, this sort of it's not criminal activity, but this sort of activity is going to become more and more rampant. People are going to fall victim to it more and more. It's targeting uh, vulnerable people, uh, vulnerable communities that rely on dating apps to meet people. It gives them hope. It gives them a way and a means to meet people outside of their general social circles. And those people are going to become targeted more and more as time goes on. And on the other side of things, people's images are going to be used. People's personal information is going to be used. And that's, you know, there's, there are two communities of people that can't really look to anyone or any body in order to give them like a solution. This has like come into your life and upended it through no fault of your own. Like we have no idea why this person chose your pictures, why they chose your identity. Like, are you going to keep looking for your catfish or do you think at a certain point for for the sake of yourself that you'll have to let this go? I think I'm going to have to let it go at some point. I think I don't want to and I haven't yet. And I think by doing this, I know that I still have a bit of fight in me left to give towards it. And I just, I want to know why, really. And it's actually going to 
kill me, I think, not to know why for quite a long time. But at the same time, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of like just getting somewhere or like coming up against different obstacles and getting one piece of really solid information and then being pushed back like 10 steps, you know, and and it it can kind of dominate your life. It can, you can become obsessed about it, especially if you think that this person is watching you. Every time I walk down the street, I think I'm going to see her. Like I think I'm going to see whoever it is. Like I'm going to look at somebody's face that I haven't seen before and it's going to be that person's face. Or like I'm going to be in the gym nearby my house again and somebody's going to come up to me and say, oh, I was talking to you on Tinder. How are you? Or I was going to, I was talking to you on Hinge or her or whatever. I just think I'm going to get a tap on my shoulder and somebody's going to like give me abuse or something like that. Or like I'm going to be in that cafe and somebody's going to sit down and say, hey, how's it going? If your catfish is listening to this right now, what would you like to say to them? I think you have obviously suffered quite a lot in the past and you probably feel as though you need to use somebody else's face to make you feel good. But that's not true. Like, I want you to know that there's so much merit in being yourself. And I think the community that you want to be a part of will still welcome you in, especially if you use your own name and your own information. And if you ever want to meet me and if you ever want to reach out to me as yourself and explain yourself to me, I promise I will try and understand where you're coming from. I think after everything that you've been through, that's an incredible thing to say. Avian, thank you so much for speaking to us. It really is. Um, it's a shocking story. And I think it's a story that will hit home with a lot of people and make them think differently about the gaps out there and the vulnerabilities that people are left open to on the internet. But thank you so much for sharing it with us because I know it really wasn't an easy thing to do. No, thank you. Thanks so much. Sorry, I just got emotional there at the end. But uh, yeah, just it feels good to like get it out. A huge thank you to Aveen for sharing her story with us, but it may not stop there. Maybe you've had a similar experience to Aveen, or maybe you think you know who her catfish is. You can share your story with us here at the Indo Daily by emailing podcasts at independent.ie. If you've been affected by the story, you can check out a list of helplines at independent.ie forward slash getting hyphen help. This podcast was presented and researched by me, Ellen Coyne, produced by Garrett Mulhall, with sound by John Smith and Gavin Hennessy.